COVID-19 has introduced a lot of new things into our thinking, thoughts that we had not previously imagined. One of those things is how we do school. You remember back in the spring of, of 2020 when everybody was doing school the way that they had always done school and then everything changed and all the children came home? For some of you, that wasn't a change at all. But for the most, most of the world, it, it was a change. And it has been negative, of course. We could talk about that. But there's also been a positive side of this, and that is that a lot of people are rethinking school. Why do they do it? How do they do it? What's the best way to do it? And so I thought in this podcast that it would be good to just devote some time to thinking about school, uh, maybe challenging some of the reasons that you do school, maybe giving some insight, hopefully some wisdom, and, and some good ways to think about doing school for your children. And so let me start this podcast by asking you a couple of worldview-shaping questions, and then I want to get into some details about school choice, why you choose the the school process for your children that you do. And I want to challenge you. I don't necessarily want you to change your mind, but it's always good to know what we know and to be definitive and to be able to articulate why we do what we do. And so I hope it challenges you in a very good way. Here's a few questions questions to get this podcast started. Number one, what kind of school environment should you place your child into for for their good and God's fame? And so as you look at these school options, which one is good for you for this one purpose? This is a worldview question, for their good and God's fame. And then that worldview question could be framed this way. How would you describe your worldview when it comes to children and education? And maybe that's the first question that you should ask yourself, because once you lay out your worldview, then you can think about the kind of school environment that is best for your child or children. One more question. What are some of the elements of your decision-making that led to the current choice that you have now? I want to talk about what is, to some people, it's an emotional topic, and I trust that I can bring some biblical wisdom to help guide anyone who is wrestling with what to do with their child. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. I'm so glad that you are here. I have, an, I have an article here on our website that I am sharing with you, and I would love for you to read it. And if you want to read it, please go to rickthomas.net. The title of it is, What is the Best Kind of School That Your Child Should Attend? Let me jump into this podcast. The Bible doesn't speak to most things in a specific way. For example, who should you marry? Where should you work? What should you buy? There are objective directives and prohibitions in Scripture, but for most of life's dilemmas and the decisions that are before us, it requires personal wisdom, that's you, spirit-led illumination, God is part of our decision-making, and community input. And if your decision-making encircles those three things, your own unique personal wisdom as illuminated by the Spirit of God as you gain insight, affirmation, clarification from the community, then you're in a good spot to think about anything. 
And trying to determine the educational path for your child, well, it's one of those gray areas that the Bible is not explicit on. Now, I like the idea, the Bible not being explicit on most things, because we are in a relationship with the Lord. He wants us to work out our salvation within the community of faith. And so we get to stretch and we get to exercise our our minds and wrestle through some tough decisions in our lives. And the Bible's just not going to give you a clear direction as far as you must do this. And again, school is one of those things. And so as you ponder the school question, The first thing you want to do is distinguish between the articles A and V. There is a way of doing things, and there is the way of doing things. Now, there is only one way to get to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. But when it comes to how you want to educate your child, The article is not the, it is a. There is a way, and your way will be different from other people, but it will be perfect for you. And so I want to lay out four options for you. These are the commonly understood ones, homeschool, public school, private school, charter school. And all of them fall under the category of a way of fulfilling this secondary need in your child's life. Now, it could be wise to homeschool one child while it's wiser to send the other to public, private, or charter school. Have you you ever thought about that? Sometimes we can become so rote in how we do things that we just cookie-cutter our family dynamic. Well, I, I wouldn't recommend that. One of the vital keys in making this decision about your children is for the parental authorities to be on the same page. And so as you distinguish, this is a way, not the way, the next thing that you want to do is that the people that are in charge, husband, wife, the parental authorities, now you want to be on the same page. And then, of course, seeking input from others that know your family, well, that would be essential too. When making this decision early in a child's life, you do want to be open to the possibility of changing their educational path in the future. And the reason for that is, is you can't discern your child's tendencies, their strengths, their weaknesses as clearly as you will when they are older. You just don't know what you don't know. And so as much as you want to envision what your 17-year-old boy or 15-year-old girl is going to be when they get there, when they are two and three years old, you just can't know for sure. And so it's hard to discern what this child will be like. And so that, that is a strong call not to make permanent forever decisions based on what you are looking at now in this child. Because you'll pick up on signs of their personalities, of course you will. But only after they mature more will you be able to connect previously hidden dots. Let me explain. It's been instructive to watch our children age. 
Today we observe them, and, and we can say, we've said this a few times, it's like, oh, I, I can see why this child is this way. I saw the seedlings of this behavior when they were toddlers, but I, I did not realize it meant this today. Here's an analogy. You can see a sprout protruding from the earth, but you never exactly know which way it will grow, the fruit it will produce, or the things that may happen to alter that plant's life. Here's my point. Don't dogmatically say, I will educate my child this way for the next 12 years. To God be the glory. That could prove to be myopic and unwise. James 4 talked about this idea of going into a town and saying, we're going to do this and that. We're going to trade and and make a profit. And James says, well, no, you, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And then Proverbs gives us this, the heart of man plans his ways or plans his way, but the Lord establishes his path. And so the wise parent will hold all of their educational decisions loosely while always seeking the Lord's will as they learn more about the child's needs. And so one of the key ideas here is to be flexible, not overly dogmatic. Trusting God with our children is one of our most significant challenges. And that's why some of us really just want to engineer the whole process because, quite frankly, it is easier to do it our way, according to human reason, than it is to trust God. And I am no different from these types of parents. I have said before that sometimes I parent more by fear than faith. I can have this tendency of wanting to provide a wrinkle-free life for my kids, and that's just not realistic, trying to guard them from all pain and all suffering. And when I do that, I just lurch toward self-reliant living that is devoid of God's best. Affection for children can cloud the mind as quickly as, as anything could. And so a child's education is one of those sensitive areas, and I realize that. I, I understand it. And so some parents in the educational community, I mean, they have more of a militantism vibe. And what they do is they switch the articles from from A to V. This is the way. And, And you'll find that a lot within the homeschool community. And one of the infectious strains that create this delusion of the way and the only way is that many of these parents have an education-centric worldview as though academics is the top of the pyramid when it comes to a child's success. There is one goal, one aim, one objective, one passion. My child will make A's and get a college education because that is the path to being successful. The education-centric worldview collides smack into what God teaches us as the most vital thing your child needs to be successful. The initial steps these parents must take, these education-centric parents, is they have to rethink and redefine success with a biblical hermeneutic And Joshua gives us a purer insight 
as to how to think about success, you know the verse, 1-8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, before Joshua said that, Moses gave us this in Deuteronomy 6, another verse that many of you know well. You shall teach them diligently to your children, talking about teaching the Bible, teaching the law, and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Sounds like you're doing that a lot, according to Deuteronomy. Now, the context for this passage in Deuteronomy is the Lord talking about how to equip children according to the Word. If God's Word does not shape a child's character, their future brilliance will be one of their biggest hindrances that keeps them from becoming a person after the Lord's heart. The most extraordinary call on a parent is to train their children to be bibliocentric, not educationally centric. Now, I am not making a case for academic ignorance. Do not go there. I'm not saying that at all. The discerning mind understands I am making a case for the right priorities. When Joshua talked about this book of the law, he was just piggybacking on the foundation that Moses laid down in Deuteronomy for generations to come. The central question that any parent should ask when thinking about their child's smarts is whether the child is learning to love God with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, and all of his strength. If the child is missing the main thing, and Jesus was very concise in what that was in Matthew 22, love God, love others. Those are the four words that we've told our children, that this is biblical success in four words, and two of the words are the same, so it's easy to remember Love God, love others. If the child is missing this, the school choice solution will not benefit him in the way that he needs. Think about this, and I think a lot of biblical counselors would affirm this. One of the more common counseling situations is with educated people. They have succeeded through the academic rigors but they don't know how to steer from addictions and marriage problems as they train their children according to their dysfunctions. The first part of this podcast, I'm laying down some foundational stuff. Distinguish between A and V. Make sure the parental authorities are on the same page. Make sure you have the right goal in mind, what biblical success is. That is the goal. The title of the podcast is, what, are the, what is the best kind of school that your child could attend? I want to share some good news with you, and then I'm going to jump right back into this uh, podcast. We are in process right now. We're in process of transitioning all of our resources over to the free side of our website. Uh, 
the what we're doing now, or we're doing the videos, and in time we'll have the infographics, the mind maps, the forums, the charts. We'll have everything. The only thing that will be behind the paywall will be our private forum because many of our members have expressed concern that you're not going to make this in the public domain, are you? You're not going to make this free, are you? Because they like that smaller community. community. And so to honor them, we're going to keep the private community uh, behind a paywall where you have to be a supporting member. But we're moving all of our resources out to the public domain. I have been wanting to do this literally for years, and it is now happening. And most certainly, God willing, by the end of this year, it'll all be done. And so all of our resources will be free to you. So I'm excited to give you that great news. And I do, I would make this appeal that if you if you are supporting us, please continue to do so if you can. And if you aren't, would you help us? Because we're going to lose supporters uh, when we do this. When we made our articles free in 2015, we lost more than 200 supporters. And it happens. I understand. They want it. If they can get it free, why pay for it? And, and so we're looking for people who aren't paying to receive something per se, but they are supporting us because they believe in what we're doing and they want to help us to spread it to more and more people so they can enjoy it freely. And so if you could pray about these things, I would appreciate it, but please rejoice with us as we're now moving it all into the public domain. All right, let me get back into this uh, podcast article on school choice. And I've been talking about this idea of success, and some parents have this success formula, and the success formula is educational-centric, and they have one goal in in mind, and it's not what Joseph Joshua was saying. It was not what Moses was saying. And when you can connect part of their success formula to this notion of future provision. You see, that's the equation. Education, doing it the right way, will lead to a future provision, and that will be success for these parents who are moving their children down an educational-centric path. It's the things that they hope that their children will have as adults, the context that they hope they will live in as adults. And when you talk to the parents about this tension What you're going to do is you're going to tease out two typical struggles that they have in their hearts. The first is their preference for their children. They want their children to have a certain amount of money. They want their children to be have a certain station in life. And then the second tension is trusting the Lord to provide that for them. And so because they have our time trusting the Lord to reach this goal, because they have a goal that may not be what God wants for them. Now, when it comes to trusting God with your children and their future outcome, Jesus had some clarifying words in Matthew 6. He said this, O you a little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? May I add, where shall we live? Who is your Mary? The kind of job we're going to have. Jesus went on to say, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so we have more piggybacking here. Joshua was piggybacking on Moses, and Jesus is piggybacking on Joshua, saying if you want true success, 
It starts with a bibliocentric framework. And so you could ask yourself a game-changing question when you think about this idea of education. When you think about where your child goes to school, how does Matthew 6, what I just read to you, how does it influence your decision-making? Another question could be, are your school choice decisions made from a heart of contentment because you know the Lord will take care of your child? You actually believe Matthew 6 in a functional way. Now, there's a way that you can examine your answers to those questions rather than just giving the affirmative, oh, yeah, I I trust God with, with my children. How about... If you think about it this way, that you can analyze your life right now, and that will tell you the answers to the questions that I just asked. Number one, I'll give you two points in this analysis. Number one, human-centered parents work harder at academically educating their children. God-centered parents work harder to help their children mature in and apply God's wisdom to their lives. One of those is going to negate the other as far as a priority is, is concerned. And again, I'm not making a case for ignorance. I'm making a case for priorities. Human-centered parents will work harder at academically educating their children. God-centered parents will work harder to help their children mature in and apply God's wisdom to their lives. And so as you think about the type of academic environment you want for your child, the first thing to tackle is what are you in faith for for their academic life. And now I want to get into, I want to roll into some practical application as I wrap up this podcast. School choice is first and foremost a faith issue. What do you believe? What do you trust? What do you hope? What are you in faith for? And so I want to give you three faith, trust, belief statements that should be the starting blocks to determine how you will move forward. And then I will practicalize that more as we move on. All right, so here are three faith statements, and it's just the foundation or the starting blocks. Number one, I believe that my primary job is to teach my children about God and His Word. Number two, I believe that my child's most important thing is to love God and love others more than anything else. Can you see the foundation that's being built in your child's life? Number three, I believe the Lord will take care of the future needs of my child. Now, this should bring comfort and contentment, which gives you perfect freedom to make the right actual choice. And so as you wrestle with the Lord about these statements and seek input from competent bibliocentric friends, I want to ask you a few more questions to nail down this worldview. And it would be best if you settled on these prerequisite questions before you make that actual decision. Now, these are common sense questions that flow from the three preceding faith statements that I just shared with you. All right, so I want to give you five questions. Number one, do you know the difference between academic success and biblical success? And if you want to copy and paste these questions out of this article onto your computer screen and just answer them out or write them out on a piece of paper, it would be an excellent exercise. Do you know the difference between academic success and biblical success? Number two, have you clearly and biblically worked 
out what real success is. Number three, are you practically teaching your children how to have biblical success? Building that foundation is so vital. Number four, do you believe God will provide for the future needs of your children? Explain your answer. And then number five, are you resting in the truth of Matthew 6? Oh, ye of little faith, your heavenly Father knows he will provide these things. The follow-up question is, how is this truth bringing you peace while releasing you from the fears associated with school choice? And so as you think about developing a child for their future life as adults, the most critical thing apart from salvation, and as you have already surmised from this podcast that I'm speaking exclusively under the sun, things that we are responsible for in our horizontal world. Salvation is not something that we can impart to our children, but there are things that we can help build into their lives. And The most critical thing is character development. Their character forms the first foundation upon which everything else will sit. Let me give you an illustration of this. If a child learns integrity, as he's two, three, four, five, he's learning integrity as a young toddler. From your example and from your instruction, it will impact whatever he knows about God. It will impact his theology. You see, theology sits on top of who the child is. It sits on top of their character. So let's flip this around. Let's say that theology is sitting on top of a flawed character. He may be the quickest student in the Bible drills, but he he will corrupt his extraordinary knowledge He will corrupt his theology because his theology is sitting on flawed character. Satan is a knowledgeable theologian, but an awful being. And so there and there are many aspects to a child's character. I mean, integrity, honesty, morality, purity, maturity, motivations, intentions. I mean, there's several aspects to a child's character. And but and if you don't build that character, whatever lands on top of that will be altered. Now, let's say perhaps you have a more insecure child who needs a tighter community before exposing him to a broader experience. If you have that fear-centered, insecure, sensitive child, maybe it would be wise to homeschool this child for an extended period, which would give you time to assess and nurture this child out of their fear of man stage. I remember our children when they were two and three years old. I mean, the fear of man, the insecurity, which is very normal, by the way. This is normal, not abnormal. But we knew that, and we wanted to help parent them out of that fear of man stage, and some of them will progress more quickly than others. Of course, every parent does not have the, op- the homeschool option because both of them work outside the home, which is fine. I mean, if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do, and there's no condemnation there. And in those situations, though, however, what, what you will have to do is you will have to accelerate spending adequate communication with these children who are more insecure because you have a limited school option, but yet they have this character issue that you want to fully develop. Now, I'm not suggesting that homeschool is the only or the best option. Again, it's not the way. It's not wise for some parents to homeschool because, quite frankly, they don't have the skill set 
to teach children in this environment. And that's not a strike against them. Think about it this way. It's just not true that every person aspiring for a role is good at it, whether we're talking about pastors, counselors, homeschoolers, or any other function that requires a specific gift mix. Now, you could have a child who is more socially centered and and they have robust character development. The character, the foundation is laid. Well, placing them in a public academic setting, well, that could prove to be wise. Of course, the opposite could also be true. Maybe you have that social child who is mischievous. Introducing temptation opportunities too early may create addictive behavior for the wrong things. The goal is to train them in the way that each one should go, not your dream for them. And isn't that a problem sometimes for some of us? We have an idea of what we want our children to be, and we kind of overlook or push past who the child actually is. A better idea is that parents should customize their care according to the specific little humans in their homes. It's quite common for a parent to overthink, oversteer, overcontrol, overworry school choice. I mean, honestly, trusting God is easier on paper in theory than it is in practice. Here's my closing statement. If the parents are pressing into loving God and others more than themselves, they're living out biblical success, and it's objectively evident in their personal lives, their marital lives, then they are at the best starting point. Suppose you are those parents, you are exporting those attitudes and those actions into your children. The byproduct is you're creating an environment of grace in the family In that case, there will be more freedom and flexibility to think about education because you have the proper biblical foundation. Some of you parents might not have the proper biblical foundation, and if you don't, well, that is the place where you want to begin. If you would like to talk to me about this podcast, jump on our free community forum. The title of the podcast is, What is the Best Kind of School That Your Child Should Attend? Thanks so much for listening.